Conversations with UNICEF U Ottawa. My name is Marianne, and in this episode, we will be continuing our amazing conversation with Daniela Bouquet. If you haven't already, be sure to tune in to part one of our conversation, where she discussed the crisis in Venezuela and described her experiences leading various NGOs. can ask you what drives you to be so involved in your community and with all of those NGOs you mentioned? Uh, why? Or what what drives you? What pushes you to be so yeah, involved? Yeah. Um, you know, I I see this in an as another opportunity not only to help I see my involvement with the persons and with the health and other organizations as an opportunity to remake our country, to, to bring the opposite together again. Um, something really personal that I can share with you here is like, is that my father uh, 10 years ago, used to support the government in my country and my mother my mother didn't. So I grew up so seeing like, okay, these two sides are opposite, but we are living in the same home. And I need to respect both of them. <laughs> um, I learned that everybody in your country and around the world are humans and we deserve dignity and social security and health without any distinction. So I see my work in my country and my life at all as an opportunity to be an example of how to live in service and how to take, as I say uh, in the beginning of my answer, take the opposite to get together again and make a better country and a better world. <laughs> I, I, I don't, uh, to be honest, I tried to stop being like this, uh, to live uh, a normal <laughs> life, uh, but I don't know, it's my only way to live. <laughs> And I really love um, my volunteering and my job. And um, yeah, it's my passion, I think. <laughs> no, I think your message is very inspirational. I think your message is very inspirational. And I think a lot of NGOs are based with that, you know, ideology of wanting to, to change things. Um, and obviously all NGOs are based on that idea that, you know, we want to help everyone as equal. And so I think it's, it's super interesting that you mentioned it. And so 
maybe since we talked a lot about, you know, the NGOs are involved with, maybe I can ask you what are the obstacles that you faced as an activist, as a young activist, and how you overcome them? Yeah, um, I think that sometimes um, the persons or few people take you in a serious way just because you're young. Um, for example, a couple of persons or a lot of persons call me Danielita. And my name is Daniela, not Danielita. So um, it's really common to hear this, not only with me, with a lot of young people in my country and I'm sure in all around the world. Um, I know that this is probably because they appreciate me, but it's not the the correct the, the, the correctly way to refer to another person because I'm also a professional person. Um, sometimes they put you in the second uh, as a second option and your your idea as the second uh, option only because you're young. Um, I think that the important is not your age is the preparation that you have because you can have 80 years if you want but if you have never been involved in in the topic that you're talking about you don't have any experience so this is for me it's an it's not an obstacle it's just uh another field to yeah to jump <laughs> Um, and yeah, I think that this is my only obstacle um, or yeah issue to be young in, in my country and in my work or job. So maybe to follow up on that, you know, as part of UNICEF UOTAWA's activities, we have talked a lot about gender issues and how the internalization of gender norms can really affect the ability of women all around the world to you know, actively participate in their communities, especially when it comes to community engagement. Um, so I was wondering how was your experience or how has been your experience as a female activist in a Latin American country? Okay, um, to answer with my heart and to be completely honest with you, I love to be a female activist in the communities um, at the time that we were in the community because I feel more connection with children, with mothers, also with men in all the communities uh, in our country is this experience and my, my experience. Um, also to be a female, with the high levels of violence is better um, because I think that we don't represent any warning uh, in the community. Um, it, 
could be only my view, but it's what what I am I I have been experiencing my whole life. Um, it's also easy to take part in a conflict and try to keep them calm if you know how to talk as a female. Um, but my experience is totally connected with being a female and a health female, female in the community. So probably another girl who is going to a community can tell you the opposite because the, fig the, yeah, the figure of a doctor or a health professional in the community is well validated. So probably I have this um, screen in my eyes and that's why I feel this in this way. Also, sometimes um, members uh, of some organizations for example, uh, Orthodox Church uh, are so, so Orthodox and uh, don't wanna talk with a woman, for example. So this is an issue, um, of course, is part of their religion and we're trying to deal with this, but this is another topic here too. Awesome. I found it very interesting that, you know, you've experienced both sides. So being a female as an advantage as well as a uh, disadvantage. So I find it very interesting mm -hmm. to have that, you know, that different perspective. Um, and so to, to continue uh, with our conversation, maybe I can ask you if you have any advice for other young activists who want to get involved in their communities. <sighs> I think all the time in this because my friends also ask me what they can do or how. Um, I think that the best advice is to study and always keep in mind the meaning of your life and how important it is to not harm um do the best that you can do all the time sometimes we are trying to help and we harm them so this is the best advice that i can <laughs> give to another person and it's really short but i think that it's powerful <laughs> it is it's very powerful i think i think it's very important to continue to put the the accent on that idea of collaborating and you know taking the time to listen to what people need before trying to help I think it's a very strong message um, and related to that um, you know we've talked a lot about the NGOs you work with so I was wondering if there are any opportunities for people here in Canada to support or get involved with any of the the organizations you work with Okay, I'm going to say a crazy idea, <laughs> but we need to be creative, <laughs> I think. Um, Always. Because all the time that a, a person mentioned support, most of the people only 
think in money. And yeah, we need money, of course, but there are other ways to support us. For example, um, I would love to have our videos translated in French or in or a better English than mine, <laughs> of course. Uh, this is ship. <laughs> it's an opportunity to help, and it can open other doors to us. Um, also, for example, um, talking about water, a lot of business in water um, th and things that you use to camping, the filter, cam camping filters, for example, can be used in your country to save life. So a thing that you see like, uh, and yeah, something to camping, to camp, to us, is an opportunity to save a family life. Um, if one of you know about a business who can help us donate it, donating or just give us uh, the opportunity to learn about how to um, process water um, and all of this is a huge opportunity to us because in other countries you are developing more technology than us, of course. And also, <laughs> uh, if one of you want to donate to uh, or work directly, we can um, share with you our opportunities in the country to buy uh, our equipment uh, directly or to help a doctor directly. And this doctor as our volunteer will help other persons in our country. Awesome, thank you for that. And hopefully people that are listening will, will take the, um, the initiative to help out. I think it's very important. Um, Amen. <laughs> um, and so to continue a bit with um, a few more questions, um, you know, obviously by exchanging, I've noticed that you are very involved in your university. Um, and so maybe you could talk a bit about what role do you think students and youth in the fight of social justice and activism, or why is it important to educate and involve youth in the fight of social justice? Um, I think that there is no other option <laughs> in the world because everybody needs, needs to know how or what is the correct way. And um, if you grew up without knowing um, your rights, you will not fight for them. So for me, there is not uh, no option. Um, we need to just teach the youth and the person who wants to be get involved, to get involved in social justice and to fight for that, for it, uh, it's a personal decision, of course, but it's the only way to maintain our world, world with humanity and to not lose our countries, um, yeah, forever. 
it's something in our souls, I think. Um, we need to know about the topic to discern about this topic or to argue about the topic. If you, we just stay apart, this um, know nothing, we probably pass our life without meaning. You know, it's, for me, there, there is no other way. <laughs> Love it. I got goosebumps when you said, you know, if someone doesn't know their rights, they won't fight for it. I think it's mm -hmm. so true and so powerful and can be applied in a bunch of situations all over the world. Um, so yeah, yeah absolutely love that. Um, okay, and so obviously throughout this conversation, we talked a lot about what everything you do, you do a lot. Um, <laughs> and so I was wondering like giving Given all your commitments, how do you balance your schedule in addition to being, you know, a med student? Uh, I'm not sure if I'm able to get the correct balance all the time, all the days. But here I'm trying to. Um, as an exchange student right now, it's easier because here I have um, everything close to me. Um, for example, I have a gym close to my, my room, and my apartment, and a cafeteria close to all of this. Also, my classes are together in, in the same campus. But to answer you in a real way in Caracas, um, because now I'm living like a dream, but in Caracas, um, I learned that I need to valorate my friends, my truly friends, because they know my personality really good. They know what matters for me. And I need, I, I'm the kind of person who tries to concatenate each event in my day, for example, take a coffee with someone and then go to a meeting close to the coffee. Um, then I have already my backpack to go to the gym or something like that. Um, these two things concatenated a lot of uh, events in my day and organized the day, uh, the night before just the night before, because I, I don't want to planify the whole weekend, the whole week, because things change all the time. And, and the learning in Valorate, my, my truly friends, because sometimes I don't want to do anything. We are humans and they know how to deal with me. And also, uh last <laughs> uh my mother is a really really good support for me um i know we are young um probably i'm losing if you want to see this <laughs> um i'm losing my best years 
trying to fight with something or trying to give other persons uh, their rights. But this is a, this is a view from a person who don't know or work that the young people who are involved in this are losing their young, yeah, their their better better years. I see this like I I am using my years more um, because I'm living. I I I I think that. Sometimes I need to say no to a party that is totally normal in our age. And I need to say no to a trip, but I feel comfortable with this because I'm doing something that I really like. And I think that um, to balance my schedule, the most important thing about the ones that I already mentioned <laughs> is to keep in mind uh, my objective and the focus, because if you keep them in your mind, all the things that, that you do in your day will be aligned to, to, to your objectives and all of them will help you and help others. So I think that was all great advice. Um, and maybe we can conclude um, by asking you, what are your dreams and ambitions for the future? Where do you see yourself in 10 years? Okay. <laughs> After a pandemic, it's too hard to answer this <laughs> because our lives change <laughs> forever, probably, but I, I really want to become a mother. Um, I don't know. Uh, I see myself with two or three kids in 10 years. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> Who knows? I can ask my mom to take care of them every time, I'm sure. So <laughs> um, yeah, this is one of my dreams, to be completely honest. Um, I want to master in, in public health. Um, in 10 years with my three kids, <laughs> in, um, I, I really want to be developing programs in public health to my country. And why not to Latin America or a part of the world? These are my my dreams uh, I'm working in that not for the kids right now but I'm working in the in the educational part of my dream or my, the academic part um, and that's all I really believe that Venezuela is a powerful country uh, that our people are good people and that we really can yeah can do this together and in the future visit our communities and see the kids that today are with this malnutrition and see them growing up healthy um yeah why not <laughs>
<laughs> awesome. And I find it, you know, very inspirational to hear that uh, one, are, one of your goals is, you know, to contribute to rebuild Venezuela. You know, we've heard of the millions of migrants that left the country. Um, and so I think it's very inspirational to hear from those that stayed and want to stay and want to, you know, rebuild the country and see how great it can be. Um, so I think it's, it's very interesting and inspirational that you mentioned that. Um, obviously our conversation was very interesting. I personally learned a lot and appreciated a lot. So thank you very much, Daniela. And and for those listening, be sure to follow us on social media for information on how to support the organizations that were mentioned. We'll put all the information on our Instagram. So make sure to follow us there. Um, and yeah, that's it for us today. I hope you enjoyed this enriching conversation with Daniela. Once again, thank you very much. Thank you so much. I really appreciate this time with you. <laughs> Thank you.